0: Hello and welcome to the Urban Health Podcast, keeping busy city executives and entrepreneurs empowered and healthy. I'm Stephanie Webster. I'm a nutritional therapist based in Harley Street, London, and my community and I believe that your health matters. And when you're building a business or your love life is not where you would like it to be, It is understandable that you might forget to look after your body and mind. But you are your number one asset and without you, none of your life would happen. So I'm committed to helping you take care of you despite your busy schedule. And to help us with that mission, today on the show we have the honour of having Scott Laidler from www.scottlaidler.com. Scott, thank you so much for coming on to the show.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: You're an amazing PT, you create amazing physical transformations, and you also help people keep sustainable, healthy habits ongoing. But, Scott, for those who don't know who you are and what you do, tell us a little bit about your journey into becoming the epic trainer that you are.
1: Okay, so um, I've been in the fitness industry for about 10 years now. I started off local, uh, well, it was always my passion going through university, I did a psychology degree. And I kind of fell into understanding what personal training is just by doing it anyway. So people started to see the results I was getting at sort of 16 to 18, and I was just helping people with their workouts and and what they should be eating and things like that before I even really knew personal training was an industry or or a career. Um, But then after my psychology degree, I got qualified and I started working in the local gyms. I would do a lot of sessions for free for friends and family to sort of build up my confidence and, and sort of get a... A kind of a, a book of results, so to speak. And then I moved into central London and I worked in some independent gyms and I was able to, you know, to cut, you know, you, there's like a coveted thing of filling your books. And I was able to, to get the amount of, of clients that I wanted and, and work as much as I wanted. And this was before sort of the internet age of Instagram and 12 week programs. And I kind of fell into that niche of body transformations. I was getting very good results and I uh, was fortunate enough to work with uh, a Welsh actor who was in town for a while in London, and he was living over in L.A., and we got really good results. He was getting ready for a, for a shooting season. It was like a four-month season of a of quite a popular TV show, and we'd lost body fat and gained muscle at the same time, and he said, hey, you want to you want to try out L.A.? You want to come with me? So I went out to L.A. with him. Uh, he introduced me to some people in the music industry, film directors and, and other actors, and I bought a, um I was able to kind of build up a small client base in Los Angeles and uh, lived that life for a year. Loved it in California. Came back to start a gym in London. Um, did that for a few years and then kind of moved back into the film industry. Where now I'll take a contract maybe once a year and I work on a big production. Usually the sole personal trainer. Sometimes there's a physio on on the on the production as well, and we get the cast in shape for their roles for for a movie. So whether that means you know losing. Body fat or getting bulked up or maybe you've just been strong for stunts and then when i'm not um on a film contract i'll be working with corporates so i'll be going into workplaces and, and helping them build a corporate uh, wellness culture and then also do some work online because it allows me to kind of scale my my reach to clients
0: i think that's amazing you've come so far from your initial days i mean you've got oscar-winning actors now calling you up paralympic athletes military service personnel and entrepreneurs and executives, and how how do they differ? How do the business types, you know, change uh, or differ from the LA Hollywood types?
1: Well, um, to be honest, there's quite a lot in common. They they both work really hard, and there's often a lot of creativity. But it's it's different. I think in the business world, it's more regimented, and there's a higher price um, for time. So. What I like about working with the, with the, kind of the executives and, and the entrepreneurs is that I, I see a lot of that. Well, it's what I emulate. And it's, it's what I kind of aspire to in my own life. I want to build my business. I, you know, I want to have as, as big a reach as possible. But I also understand that unrestrained work ethic costs health. So I like to kind of see myself as that intervention to help them find a new way to balance their health, make sure that they still got that drive, they're still kind of doing the hours, but they're finding ways that it doesn't cost them their health. So they're not being inactive, they're not getting too stressed, and they're really making sure that they still eat well and train.
0: Absolutely, and I love the fact that you've got your online personal training, so that when our executives are travelling, they can still log in and and access workouts that they can do in their hotel rooms and. How does it work? Who was it designed for and what equipment do we need?
1: So it's a completely bespoke service. So you'll you'll receive a questionnaire that's onboarding, we'll speak. Um, you'll tell me all about your goals, your previous exercise and, and workout history, what the logistics are, what the restrictions are. Depending on the, the, the workout that I give you or the training program that I give you, the equipment can be nothing I and mean, it could just be body weight, had people work out in the in the highlands in Scotland, so they're limited in terms of gyms, and we kind of get stuff at home, even kind of makeshift things. So we're, we're lifting things that are available on farms and things like that. It's really bespoke. We work with whatever the the client has. Um, we can also order your equipment and send that out if, if you want us to do that. And then on the meal plan side of things, again, it's the meal plan are can completely bespoke and created to your food preferences, uh, your logistics, the extent to which you want to meal prep or not, and the macronutrients are. Created based on your training program. So everything syncs up and there's a slightly different intake for training days and rest days So that there's a bit of a difference and you can get the most out of your uh, workout regime.
0: Yes and It's really inventive. I think I saw a picture of somebody doing tricep dips on the side of a bath So it's amazing what can be done and what I like about your videos is you really keep people motivated It's not just uh, a, a slog a workout. They actually look forward to your workouts, which is cool. Yeah, Great. So how do we get onto your online course and do urban health clients get a cheeky promo code?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I can certainly arrange a a discount code for your listeners. Um, But yeah, it's www.scottladler.com. It's it's my name.com. And um, you just start there. You can either purchase off the page or you can send me an email and let me know what you want to achieve and make sure we're a good fit.
0: Okay, cool. And how do you handle it when clients say I don't have the time to train? I mean, I find this a lot in my practice when, when clients say they don't have time.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's a popular excuse really because like we all have 24 hours and worked with some of the most well with people who have who've kind of reached the limits of what they can achieve in their fields and they did it in 24 hours the same as everybody else so it's a question of priority but it's also a question of reframing so it doesn't mean it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to spend an hour on a foam roller then an hour walking then an hour in the gym then an hour stretching out it can be done in six minutes. Like you could do a workout, a kettlebell complex or a Tabata Drill, for example, and it's four minutes or six minutes. It's really about getting your body to respond in the way you, you, you want it to respond. And you can have those kind of physical changes without having to go through what you would call a typical workout. It's really just the minimum effective dose to get the results you need. And often that can be achieved in a matter of minutes.
0: Yeah. And I refer to the phrase minimum effective dose all the time. You just need to do enough just to get the body moving and then the, the rest should do itself. But, uh, you know, it's just about incremental changes, progress, not perfection always.
1: Yeah. hundred percent.
0: So how do you help clients with their mindset? How do you keep them motivated when life gets in the way, particularly if they've got a six week or 12 week program with you or whatever the length of time is? And that they start off with great motivation at the start and then maybe halfway through, maybe something's happened with their job or their family and they start to lose motivation. How do you keep their mindset on track?
1: Well I, I try to reframe it in, in the sense of that everybody has the motivation, everybody wants to be in shape, everybody wants to be healthy, everybody wants to live a, a long, healthy life and increase their kind of wellness span. Um, and everybody wants a lot of energy. So the motivation is always there, and I would never meet my clients unless they had that motivation. We just wouldn't come into contact. So what they really lack is the roadmap. So what I try to do is give them uh, a roadmap that's going to make doing the right things easy. So that's making sure that things work with their schedule and also lining their environment up to help them get easy wins. So, for example leaving the foam roller out in, in your bedroom. So you get straight out of bed, you're on your foam roller for five minutes, something like that. Leaving the kettlebell at the door so that you can have a Tabata drill or a five-minute complex before you leave the house. Making sure that these things, and these are systems that are, you kind of create your life in a way that allows you or facilitates the achievement of your goals rather than working against it.
0: I love that. I absolutely love that. That's so slick and easy and uh, can be fitted in. And... Um... For your clients who are particularly genetically gifted, what is the next level of your training?
1: If a client is particularly gifted, um, generally they'll they'll either go they'll go one of two ways. They'll go into performance, and then they'll go into CrossFit, which I kind of I kind of see that as like a an expression. You know, like if somebody was an artist, then they just have to draw, they they just have to paint or write. I think CrossFit is like an expression of physicality, so you're drawn into it, not to solve your body transformation goals but to express your physicality uh-huh. Um so they'll go into a, something like that that's like performance orientated so adventure uh, you know like a like a tough mother those kind of things or crossfit and the other way is then or to go ultra disciplined to get into the bodybuilding world and and that does take a certain amount i mean anybody can change their physique but to perform and, and to compete in in bodybuilding it does take a certain set of genetics uh, and that's another outlet for people who who find themselves quite gifted
0: yeah, and let's talk about um, the low body fat percentage world of, of bodybuilding, which a lot of the uh, workout programs that we see today, that lower body fat and increased muscle tone, have stemmed from original bodybuilding workouts. And I always tell my clients on the previous point, you don't need to be motivated, you just need to be committed, which is a different thing altogether. But what are the basic habits we must develop to maintain a low body fat percentage and if we had more time, money, and inclination, what extra habits could we do to really excel and perhaps compete on stage?
1: To maintain low body fat, it's really a, it's a lifestyle. So you really have to, I keep using the word refrain, but you have to, to not look at it as a, a diet plan or a training program that you're doing. It's more of a, a lifestyle. So everything that you implement should become your new normal. So you're constantly looking to shift normal to a, to a reality that is more that, that better facilitates living a lean life. So, it's, but it's very basic and it doesn't really have a, a high cost. It's just low a combination of low intensity cardio. So that's walking, being active, and that's kind of a different category of exercise. So you would call that activity, and it's just a part of life. So making sure that you're getting out into the to the open, to the parks, or if you're fortunate enough to live in the countryside, you're going for walks, or you're going cycling, climbing, those kind of things that help you and um, live an active life because what you're doing there is because the the heart rate is relatively low you can benefit from being in the fat burning zone which means although you're not burning a huge amount of calories while you're doing the activity what you are burning proportionately is a lot higher in fat so whilst you're doing it you're burning a lot of fat and the other side of the coin is high-intensity cardio so that is the kind of cardio that you might be looking at circuit training or going out if you've got a, a track near you you can go out for sprints um, you can do Tabata drills, you can do things like martial arts, kickboxing, things like that. And what that's doing is you're benefiting from the thermic effect of exercise. So you're, this is when people talk about raising their metabolism. It means you're burning calories at a higher rate for sort of 48 hours after the exercise. So you don't want to be doing that for the same amount of time that you do a walk, for example. For example, you could walk up Snowden and you could do it for a day. You're up there for five, six hours burning body fat the whole time and there's not much of a price of recovery to pay from that but if you were trying to do high intensity work for that long you you just couldn't do it and you would burn out you would get fatigued and you would then move into kind of overtraining syndrome if you're doing that for too long so you want long low intensity bouts of activity and short sharp bouts of high intensity cardio and that really takes care of the cardio side of things you also want resistance training so that resistance training is an excellent way to burn fat and it's also going to help you gain muscle. So overall, we're looking at recomposition, so gaining muscle mass and losing body fat at the same time. It, it, it kind of, the result of that is that you're leaner all around. And then you want to look at your diet. So you want to make sure that you want a healthy diet. The, the way you want to look at it is that if an alien came down or somebody who'd been living in the, the, the rainforest their whole life, if you couldn't explain what the food was, chances are it's not very good for you. So if it's, if it's an animal source or if it's a plant, it's pretty easy to explain what it is. Chances are that's on the healthier side. But if it's processed and packaged and trans fats and it's changed its form, you couldn't explain it to somebody who hadn't seen it before, those are the kind of foods to avoid. So that way you're taking care of the low-intensity cardio, which is activity, which is just really lifestyle, high-intensity cardio, which really raises your metabolism, the resistance training, which allows you to work on your recomposition and making sure that your diet is pretty natural and pretty healthy anti-inflammatory. We don't want a lot of inflammation in the body. So pretty simple diet, easy to explain Who's somebody who'd be living in a rainforest. And then the last thing is your lifestyle factors. So you want to reduce stress. If you're going through too much stress, and this can be kind of relationship stress or work stress or pressures or anything that you're going through that's kind of increasing stress in the body, that's going to have a physical effect as well. So you, you just can't get... Even if all your workouts were the same and your diet was the same, in a stressed and compromised body, you just won't get the same results. So it's a really important factor. You can't just exercise your way out of a, of a lifestyle that doesn't facilitate health.
0: And also, I actually have been there with the whole high-intensity workouts. When I was going through a very sedentary phase in my working life, I spent any hour I had spare thinking... I can't just walk because this is the only exercise I have. I'm going to do a HIIT class or I'm going to do something at high intensity to make sure I catch up on my activity. And it doesn't work. I was so burnt out and exhausted. I had a stressful day doing high intensity every day, and I was wiped and not in a good way. And um, low intensity is actually underrated, I feel. And getting your steps up, as simple as steps, and you can do that. It's very low impact on the joints. It's beautiful. It's good for your your um chemicals in your brain your happy hormones it's just wonderful and really restorative
1: and definitely and, and it really there's, there's a kind of adage of now that inactivity or a sedentary lifestyle is the new smoking and and oh. i've seen that myself when i when i was used to do sort of 11 hours or 11 different personal training clients in a day i would be up on my feet i'd be moving around be running around all the time and i never ever in in sort of my first eight years of, of uh, working in a personal trainer, I never had any injuries. And then I started to take long contracts where I would wait around for a to come to the gym and things like that. And I would sit and I would sit on a sofa and I would work on a laptop. And I started to get all sorts of back issues and neck mm. issues that I really had to, to aggressively rectify. And that was because of inactivity. The workouts were the same. The diet was the same. In fact, I was probably working out harder because I had more time to do it. But the bouts of inactivity were causing all sorts of problems. So that's a really important factor.
0: Yeah, and also it lowers stress. Going for a walk lowers stress. It just resets your whole uh, hormone system, your cortisol, your adrenaline, your norepinephrine. It just settles everything down nicely. Then let's talk about stress for a moment. So how does stress affect performance in the gym?
1: So if your body is stressed, you would consider it compromised. So it's going to have an effect on your hormones. You're going to re- release a lot more cortisol, you're going to effectively, you're essentially telling your body that you're in a stress situation or a fight-or-flight situation. A low-level chronic fight-or-flight response means that you're going to be less able to maintain a healthy hormone balance. So you're going, to be, you're going to struggle to gain muscle mass, you're going to struggle to recover, and you're going to struggle to burn body fat. So it's, a, it's an awful state to be in. So you really want to get out of that as quick as possible. We will have life issues that come up or, you know, Issues that we have to attend to, but it's really trying to find uh, personal development and meditation or mindfulness or spiritual practices that allow you to recover from those and neutralize those as quick as possible. Because if you stay in that constant chronic fight or flight state, you're going to really run into health issues. And you're going to get frustrated with your training because you're going to be working out hard and it's going to take you further and further into fatigue and you're not going to get the results. When other people doing the same workout and eating the same thing might if they're in a less compromised state.
0: Yeah, and I really enjoy seeing the different um, the different de-stressing techniques that my clients uh, find. You know, some of them use uh, pre-bedtime uh, routines to calm themselves down, or they stop using their phone from eight p.m. onwards, or they use lavender oils, anything to get them relaxing. Sleep is so important. The impact on sleep on the body and rest and recovery, it just improves performance the next day
1: massively and you really have to build in the rituals that allow you to to feel that so whether that's if you have a pet spending time with the cat or the dog or like you say even framing it as a a certain smell so so lighting incense or having certain bath uh products that help you associate a relaxed state or watching for example myself i'll I'll watch an old British comedy before I go to sleep. Like, so I'm in the bath, I'll I'll watch 10, 15 minutes of Blackadder or Red Dwarf or something like that because I've seen it 100 times, but it allows me to have a reset. It's not so close to going to sleep that I feel that that it's affecting me in terms of the, the light from their laptop or something like that, but it's far enough away and it's funny and it's relaxing and it just allows me to have a complete reset from the day.
0: Yeah, and I really get upset when our clients have worked really hard and then for some reason... They fall off and they, they put on back, they, all the weight back on. or they I, I don't like it when I've heard about their journey uh, doing that. Whereas with, with me, I really have to go through their values. And one of my phrases is, anyone can commit to implementing healthy habits for 12 weeks, but it takes a completely different value system to do this for 12 years. You have to become a different person inside and out. So talk to me about the mindset of those who've transformed and kept the weight off for good.
1: Yeah, that, I mean that, that's completely true. I, in my experience, things like diet plans don't work. It's constantly reframing what your normal is. Like, like we said before, it's it's a constant slight adjustment into your identity and how you spend your time. So over time you 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 know, you get that extra little workout in, you you take that flight of steps, you make that better decision on your um your meals you get the meditation in, you have a, a better way of dealing with stress and arguments and things like that. And it's the people that are re- constantly reframing and looking for a better life and looking for a life that, re- that allows them to facilitate their, their physical, personal development and career business goals all at the same time because they're looking at it from a sort of 40,000 feet view those are the people that are able to make the the transition and and change. Because it does take discipline to to do a big diet plan or something like that. And, you know, to to say you go for a really, really low-carbohydrate diet, um, not talking about living keto because that's a different thing, but if you were to go for a kind of a a restricted diet plan, over-exercising, it takes a lot of discipline, it takes a lot of hard work, and and it's it's a formidable thing and a commendable thing to be able to stick to that for 12 weeks. But if all you've done is pay a cost, And then at the end of the 12 weeks, you go back to the kind of lifestyle that got you to the point where you needed such an extreme program in the first place, then it's just not sustainable. You might have a nice holiday, you you might look good in the wedding photo, but really, you know, you want to be living that life at the best shape, in your best shape for the next 10, 20, 30 years, you know, with full mobility. So paying the extreme cost is not the way to do that. It's the small, tiny changes that you can maintain that make up your new normal, make up your new life.
0: Absolutely. And for me, I actually don't even take clients on if all they want is to look good in a photo in six weeks time or in 12 weeks time. I'm not interested. I'm actually here and committed. I invest so much emotional and psychological energy into my clients. It's for those who know the importance of health and want to put that their top priority good not just for 12 weeks but forever and it takes a different person a different mentality and a different approach to life and priorities and alcohol and carbohydrates and eating out and cooking in and eating pizza denying cheese uh, All it takes a lot but it can't be you can't feel stifled you can't be oh I really fancy that slice of pizza but I can't you can't have that attitude if you thought like an athlete and breathed an active lifestyle and approached it in that way you wouldn't even think of putting something like that into your body. You would want to look after yourself. And the approach is, I don't really want it. Therefore, it becomes really sustainable then. If you don't want it, it it becomes very sustainable indeed. Yeah,
1: definitely. And I think in the early stages of that, you have to set yourself up to almost trip over how easy it is to get your workout in or to eat the right things. But then once you start to see results and you have that momentum, it does start to, to, to be kind of, it changes, your mind changes, you start to have positive associations with working out and eating the right way and how you feel and it and it becomes a positive feedback cycle and whereas before you would fear having to eat that way or being restrictive in a certain way, you start to not see it as restrictive, you start to see it as serving your body and, and serving your health and kind of setting up a new, higher quality life for yourself.
0: Yeah, and also sometimes the body responds and, and the results show immediately and sometimes the body doesn't respond and I think we need to learn patience. It didn't take... 10 minutes to put all of that weight on so it might take 10 years to take all of it off depending on where you are and how much dedication you have and where your hormones are and what age you are and all of these other factors the point mm. is the process is the result it's not just the number on the scale it's not just a body fat percentage it's not just height weight ratio it is simply living every day at your healthiest is the result and then as a byproduct the fat will fall off and the muscle will build but living each day and practicing being the healthiest version of you for me the process is the result does that make sense
1: yeah definitely it makes a lot of sense and, and it's true like having more energy feeling better and knowing that you're looking after yourself and kind of trying to, to build for the future that is the result that that is yeah it's right when you say the process is the result
0: and, and doing it the right way with a healthy diet and exercise and not just reaching for these green tea extract tablets and all of this stuff, which to be honest, it's just this quick fix mentality, which I can't bear. And it's just take a moment and commit to yourself and give your body what it needs, nothing that it doesn't need. And and really look after yourself from the inside out with longevity. That's one another thing I loved about what you said. It's not just about health and results today. It's also about tomorrow and creating that longevity and that health piece. So tell me about how that's important to you too. Because I look at the fitness industry and some of the supplements and then what they contain. And I think, sure, that can you know give you a great workout that it can give you a high caffeine boost but is it really what your adrenals need long going for example so tell me about your balance between results and longevity
1: yeah so now my I mean I did grow up in 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 the kind of bodybuilding environment where I wanted to look good and it was a big part of my psychology and and my identity to try to to get in shape and, and to try to you know, to get all the real world benefits of that, but over time, and sometimes you you have, I mean, for example, I I got very ill traveling and I would get a lot of um, stomach bloating for for 18 months and I eventually worked out what it was. But for that 18 months, I, that being in shape identity was taken away from me. I was trading on being in shape as a, as a way to see myself. That got taken away, and I, and I had to realize and, and build connections with people that were a lot deeper than that. And, yeah. you know, when you make those kind of connections and, and you have that kind of breakthrough where that is taken away, you do start to look at your life and your health a little bit differently. So my approach in this stage of my career is much more to do with uh, health span. So we talk about lifespan, which is how long someone lives, but then health span is how long somebody lives a high quality of life in terms of making sure that they're, they're having an anti inflammatory lifestyle, that they're not getting a lot of avoidable uh, health issues, making sure that they've got full range of motion, they can still be active, they can still do activities like hiking. I mean, I love going to, like I said, like a place like Snowden, seeing people in their 60s, 70s up there still hiking. It's amazing to see. So now when clients come to me, I, I work with, with, with a doctor, Dr. Olivia Lesler, who's based out on the Gold Coast, and we look at somebody's health. And often by looking after somebody's health and making sure that's the priority, the physical changes come, and they come as a byproduct of looking after and investing in your health. Paying the price for the physicality and the aesthetic change often compromises your health, and it's short-lived. And And, and I think it's the wrong way to go about things. I was, I wouldn't say a victim, but I, I grew up in a, in a world where I was looking at bodybuilding magazines when I first got into the fitness industry, and it was very much the, what, the, the the proposition was, what price can you pay today to look good? And over a course of 10, 15, 20 years, that actually causes, uh, it causes you to compromise your health. So the best way to look at it is in terms of your health span. And if you look at that as the priority, then you get the results anyway, but you've invested in your future.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't identify more. In fact, my personal journey, if I may, I was 88 kilos. I was full of inflammation. I have uh, ulcerative colitis, which is an inflammatory bowel disease, which is terribly attractive. So I can assure you aesthetics were not at the forefront of my mind. It was more, how can I stop bleeding today? Like for five minutes, that would be nice. So for me, it was very much anti-inflammatory, which is why all of my nutritional protocols involve a very anti-inflammatory, low processed food Um, if not none whatsoever. And, And health first, aesthetics second. And any of my clients who come to me with aesthetics first, I have a jarring of, I have a conflict with them because they might go for low calorie energy drinks that, oh, but you know, it's low, it's no calories. So I can have it, right? Well, no, you can't because it affects your microbiome. It affects your hormones. it it, The chemicals inside it keep you addicted and hooked on on these artificial flavors. And and so there's more factors. Zero calorie doesn't mean zero problems. It doesn't mean you can have it. Water is zero calorie and that's fine. But um, anything processed is not good news. It's got an agenda and a sales team behind it. And it's not in your best interests. So very much health first, aesthetic second. I guess you and I have both come from it from different angles um i'm into aesthetics more now but not at the cost of my health because i know what it feels like to to compromise your health for for looks um so yes okay so let's talk about your own diet how do you keep in such great shape because you're so busy yeah so
1: so to build on what you said then my approach to my own diet is is anti-inflammation so i look at rather than count calories and and things like that i look at it from my, my kind of uh inflammation load so to speak so i'm looking at always looking at the the lowest inflammation meal I can have if I can control all the factors. So I'll have mostly root vegetables. Um, The only dairy I'll have is is butter on those root vegetables. Um, I eat organic meats um, and I do intermittent fasting. So my eating practice is two big meals a day. I found sort of coming up in personal training. I was doing. I lived an hour away from central London. I was doing six a.m. training sessions, and it was sort of a four forty-five alarm, and I was at five o'clock and trying to eat a couple of spoonfuls of oats at every red light. And I just thought this is this is not any way to to kind of start the day. So I got interested in intermittent (laughs) fasting, and that's how I've lived for the last three years. So. I don't particularly look at calories. I understand that there's a, I look at it as a the fuel and on a journey, I'll have more carbohydrate if I've paid a higher price in terms of my training has gone up or I've been particularly active. I'll have lower carbohydrate if that's not the case. I'm not obsessive with numbers and counting macros and things like that. I understand the value in that, but because I've been doing it for so long, I can kind of gauge what I need to be eating on, on a daily basis and have quite immediate feedback in terms of how my body feels. Um, and the intermittent fasting serves me quite well in terms of lifestyle because it means i can have two big meals a day really sit down and enjoy them and not have to rush food
0: let's talk about hormones human growth hormone testosterone estrogen cortisol in simplified terms of course what hormones help fat burning and muscle building and what hormones hinder
1: okay so hormones is is, is a tricky subject because they all have their purpose There's, there's no sort of there's no sort of inherently negative and inherently positive hormones. It's all about having the right balance. So this is where we we approach things from a, a healthy perspective to begin with. But you want to make sure that your cortisol is in check. If your if your cortisol gets out of hand you, with an overconsumption of food or overconsumption of carbohydrates or too much stress, then you're going to have you're going to run into problems regulating your insulin. And if that happens, then you raise your risk factors for diabetes. But it means that your your body won't be able to respond well to the carbohydrates you're bringing in. And over the course of time, you'll have a much drastically reduced ability to regulate your own body fat. Um, Same thing with with ghrelin, kind of known as the hunger hormone. You want to make sure that you're keeping that in check because if you're able to keep that in check, then the signals you're sending to your brain about how satiated you are will will be an active representation of how you're actually eating. If that gets out of check, you can overeat and then lead yourself into a, a negative cycle and that that can also play into people who are, don't really realize the difference between physical hunger and emotional hunger so if they're overeating because of emotions or because it serves a, a given psychological need or, or it's filling a hole in terms of uh, some kind of emotional desire then that can really start to create problems with it with the And and then that in turn sends the wrong signals to the brain and it becomes a negative cycle and it's very hard to get out of. So it's really, and this is where you kind of have to bring in a little bit of the personal development side of things and make sure that you're doing the kind of inner work on yourself and making sure that if you're doing some practices, drugs or overeating and alcohol, things like that, that aren't serving you are really detrimental to your health, what are the psychological root causes for that? Because it's all interrelated and we can't just address the physical and we don't address the psychological. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of the, the fat burning, uh, sorry, the, the muscle burning um, hormones, for men looking at testosterone, it, also for women but to a much lower degree. So with, with women it's more about balancing estrogen, testosterone and progesterone. Men, really you want to maximize your testosterone. Estrogen is a factor but you don't want to be getting it from sort of photoestrogens by you know the wrong bath products and, and food sources that, that aren't great for maintaining a, what we would call a high testosterone lifestyle. So you want to maximize your testosterone. Um, one of the reasons I do intermittent fasting is to make sure that I maximize my growth hormone because I grew up, uh, well, I say grew up, but you know, my, my uh, early 20s, my whole 20s really was sp- uh, spent doing personal training. And some of the cost you pay for being a busy personal trainer is that you don't always get your adequate amount of sleep. So one of the responses to that is you, you don't really get to pay, to pay a sleep debt, but it's the best you can do in the circumstances, is to make sure that you um, maximize your human growth hormone. So intermittent fasting helps with that because in the morning, when you, as soon as you introduce sugars, gets turned to insulin, the human growth hormone can't compete with it, so it's wiped out. So by not eating the carbohydrates for a few hours extra in the morning, you're able to keep that human growth hormone active for longer. Um, and human growth hormone is responsible for helping you, Build muscle mass, helping you. Uh, well, it slows down aging to a degree, and it's it's kind of responsible or involved in helping you burn excess body fat as well.
0: So uh, you mentioned phytoestrogens earlier. So tell us about your shower gels or the water that you drink. Do you drink tap water? Do you use different shower gels to avoid that estrogenic effect? Yeah, it's,
1: it's very um, phyto- phytoestrogens can really play havoc. And so I also do a lot of work with histamine. And they can play havoc on that as well. So I tend to go for a tea tree oil or a, a, a glycerin soap bar. And same thing with a shampoo. I use a shampoo bar, no fragrance, um, and just keep it as simple as possible and make sure that, uh, that, that you know, there's, a, there's a 50 different ingredients on a shampoo bottle or a bath. So I tend to avoid it. I've actually once experienced, again, being a busy personal trainer, I used a hand wash as a shower, uh, as, a, as a shower wash, and came out and hired to go to the hospital. So oh there are often things that in those products that, that aren't too great for your skin, and people don't really realize that transdermaline, this is why we have an, another, um, well, some uh, health intervention that we give our clients a lot is to have an Epsom salt bath, and one of the things that's happening in that Epsom salt bath is that magnesium is being taken on transdermally, so it's going in through your skin, and the same thing can happen with some of these chemicals. So it's not necessarily... Um, it's not a non-factor to be having photoestrogens in your products and, and your food because it can contribute to, to your oestrogen. And if you're not living a lifestyle that facilitates high testosterone and your oestrogen gets out of balance as a man, then you can start to have some of the physical side effects and it just makes recovery, gaining muscle and losing body, uh, yeah, burning body fat a lot harder.
0: Excellent. And now you're working with standing desks. And I've heard about these treadmills with desks, but this is a standing desk. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, so I noticed when I was working, I would do long hours, you know, writing an article or working on the online side of things, that I would start to get problems in my psoas and my hip flexors that weren't really attributable to the kind of workouts I was doing. Even with stretching, even with yoga, even with mobility, it was the inactivity that was, was causing the problem. So I started looking into to options to, to kind of get find a way out of that, and I looked at treadmill desks, um, but I thought I, I like to do a lot of creative writing, and I don't think actually moving is going to serve me too much. So I opted for a standing desk. I thought it would be a little bit awkward to work at first, but it actually I found my productivity has gone up and it's actually made sitting down to read more enjoyable because it feels more like a, a ritual and a, and a bit of a treat. Whereas while I'm working, I'm working on administration and a little bit of the creative writing, I can do it standing up. And um, What I've done is I've put a, a rubber, it's a rubber mat, you can get it off Amazon, it's a kind of a, it's like a shapely rubber mat, and it has different shapes that so you can work on the, the fascial tissue on the bottom of your feet, and I just keep a golf ball on the mat as well, and, I, and I'm constantly rolling my feet on the golf ball and things like that, to, just to start that kind of chain of uh, fascial tissue, making sure it doesn't get locked up, and it's really helped, it's, it's, it's helped open up my, my uh, hip flexors and my psoas, and actually made work more productive, so it's good, I recommend it.
0: Absolutely. And Scott, you have been so interesting today and you've got your own podcast. Tell us about that and how some of our listeners can listen to that.
1: Yes. So my podcast is called The Healthy Ambition Podcast with Scott Laidler. Um, It intersects the three things that I'm most interested in, which is health, psychology and business. And I interview several Olympians, best-selling authors, entrepreneurs, adventurers. And I really tried to delve into not just their life story, but the kind of the psychological tips and techniques that allows them to get the best out of themselves so my idea or my kind of growing up I always used to read a lot of books and I used to think that as long as there's one distinction in each book that I read that can I can immediately implement and change my life then that was worthwhile and that's my intention with every episode so in every episode you listen to there will be one at least one life-changing distinction that you can apply straight away
0: absolutely and do you still do one-on-one training or is it all online now Where, where do you operate from
1: I do do a limited amount of one-on-one training, which is done either in a client's home or in a gym in London, Victoria. But mostly I'm online.
0: Okay. Well, it'd be nice to pop in and see you at London, Victoria next time you're there. Definitely. Okay. Thank you so much, Scott, for all of that. You have been absolutely outstanding. Thank you so much for coming on to the show.
1: Perfect. I've enjoyed it. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for helping the Urban Health Podcast in keeping busy people healthy.